29 AD, there was one about to change the world. Fully man, fully God, Jesus. Next to him was a friend who witnessed everything. He saw early miracles. He sat at his right hand. His own eyes saw Jesus transfigured. The very heart of Christ was poured out to him, and he was there at the cross on the day history was altered. These are the words and the story of John. Uh, I am really excited, you guys. Uh, studied studied this uh, scripture for a few weeks now, like you said, just a couple weeks ahead of you, and uh, it's really... It's really been impactful for me, and so I hope that what I've written here will be uh, maybe a little bit as impactful for you as it has been for me. It's really changed, changed my life this last week especially, and I'm really grateful. So we're going to jump right into John 13. You guys have all studied it. When we look at uh, this text, there's basically four sections. You've got Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. Judas gets called out as the betrayer. Jesus commands the disciples to love one another. And then Jesus shocks Peter with the foretelling of his coming denial. The part that I really want to focus on tonight is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And I intend to break down, uh, break that down this scene by asking these questions. Why did Jesus serve? Um, who did he serve? And then how did he serve? And then from those questions, I'll do my best to help us consider how we can apply those, the, the answers to those questions to ourselves. So if you guys would pray with me and, and then we'll jump in. Father God, you are so good. And uh, man, we look at your son, Jesus, and he gives us this amazing example of what service really looks like. He's so, so much higher than us. And yet he comes down and he washes the feet of these guys. And um, Man, Lord, would you make us guys who are like that? Would you change our hearts, change our minds so that we could be that way? And Lord, I pray that um, these guys wouldn't hear me. Lord, would you help them hear the message, the one that you spoke, you've been speaking to my heart. Lord, let that message come through and, and nothing about me. God, I pray, help me go off to the side. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So the first set of questions is why does Jesus serve and then why should I? So when we look at uh, Matthew 20, Jesus says that the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So from a broad perspective, to serve is the very purpose for which Jesus came to earth. Now my question was, and my question is in this text, why in this specific uh, scenario, What's the why in this specific scenario of, so why did Jesus, what's he trying to teach us by washing the disciples' feet? What's he showing us as believers in this day and age? Neatly enough, the answer is displayed in all four gospels. In Matthew 20 and Mark 10, the apostles James and John slide up alongside Jesus and they ask him, they're like, hey, can we be your, your right and left hand man in glory? And the other disciples catch wind of, of this request and it kind of ticks them off. And so Jesus responds to them and he says, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. And then we look in Luke chapter 22 and the disciples are sitting at the same scene as is being depicted in John 13. And they start arguing about who will be the greatest 
among them. And Jesus says, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as the one who serves. For who is the greater, one who reclines at the table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table, but I, who, who reclines at the table, but I am among you as the one who serves? And then in John 13, Peter is watching his teacher and Lord, who, is, who he still believes is going to be the soon conquering Messiah that the Jews have been waiting for. And he's totally confused and caught off guard because Jesus is making himself look like a slave, like the lowest of the low. And Jesus looks at this group of guys and he says, if I then, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. So in all these texts, Jesus is emphasizing one critical point. If you want to be great in my kingdom, this is how it works. The greatest in my eyes are the ones who do what I do. And what Christ has done is made himself a lowly servant, coming down into our filth so that his creation would know him, experience his love, and through the washing of our filthy souls, and dying a death on a cross like a criminal, we could spend eternity with him. Jesus washed the disciples' feet to show them that serving others is what equates to greatness in his kingdom. So the question for us, why is it critical that we as believers be actively serving others? There's a lot of good reasons to serve uh, but for the sake of time, I'm going to talk about two. Number one is that by serving, we honor Christ's sacrifice. We accept our position beneath him, and we follow the example that he has set before us. Jesus says in John 13, chapter, or verse 16, Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Working as an adult at Packmore, if you're new to, new to Heart of a Man, Packmore is the business that our family owned and we sold last year so that we could commit to serving in Heart of a Man. But I worked there for, for a time as an adult and one of the things that my dad did when I started at Packmore is that he commissioned me as a missionary to serve the men and women of Packmore and to be a servant leader to those people. Now I'll say that there were there were many times that it was very tempting for me to pull out my boss's son trump card and just tell people to do what I wanted them to do. And I'd be lying if, if I said I didn't use that card a handful of times. I, I did. <laughs> but <clears throat> I really, truly, I took that commission. I took it to heart. And I, I genuinely tried as much as I could to try to live that out and be a servant leader to our people. And, there, and, and because of that, there was one thing that really just grinded my gears. And it was when I would see someone, anyone, walking around the plant, acting like they somehow deserve special treatment. Like they had earned something or they were owed something. And it just, it insulted me. And it made me lose a lot of respect for that person. Now, contrast the idea of that person to this. When we choose to serve when we choose to serve as Christ served, we are honoring the humble position that he took. We're submitting to our place beneath him 
and we are obeying his command to do what he did and serve. So that's the first why of why we should serve. The second is that, and I love this, serving other humans is a direct line to God's heart. So this past uh, Saturday morning, I was, I was standing in the parking lot with my buddy Kyle over there, and uh, he, he's a, one of the leaders in our, in our nursery here at College Park, and he was describing to me uh, how much he's enjoyed uh, taking care of my daughters, just loving them and teaching them Christ. And uh, as, I was, as I was listening to him describe that, I, was, I, I love Kyle, but I experienced a gratefulness and a love for him that I had not felt before. The thought of him willingly at a cost to himself watching over my, my daughters <laughs> and loving them and teaching them about Christ overwhelmed me with gratitude towards him. In Matthew 25, Jesus is talking about serving those in need. And he says, and the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it for one of the least of my, my brothers, you did it for me. Everyone around us, black, white, Christian, pagan, man, woman, are God's children. They're his children. And they're created and deeply loved by him. Jesus said after washing the disciples' feet, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. When you choose to give of yourself and, and sacrifice for God's kids, you will experience a guaranteed blessing. Why? Because when you love and care for a father's child, it creates a direct line to his heart. God loves his children, and he blesses those who sacrificially care for them. So when you look at your calendar and the amount of time that you spend serving others versus serving yourself, what needs to change so that Jesus is honored by your sacrifice and God is delighted by the way that you serve his children? What needs to change? The second set of questions is, who does Jesus serve? And then who should I? When I was first preparing this lecture, I'd asked this question, whom, whom does Jesus serve? And I started trying to break it down into groups of, of his friends and his enemies. And then, but then Sunday morning came around. I still wasn't very far along on this. And I was standing there in church and I was singing and thinking. And it, it hit me like a wave. Who does Jesus serve? Jesus serves the broken the needy, and the vulnerable, period. When we look at what Jesus is doing in this text and, and also throughout the Gospels, he does serve specific groups. He serves his disciples, which is a mixed bag of doubters, deniers, betrayers, and the somewhat unfaithful and some faithful. In John 4, we see him serve a Samaritan woman. In Matthew 8, he serves a leper, a paralytic, a centurion, and demon-possessed people. What is the common thread that runs through all of them and through me? Every single person, follower of Jesus or not, falls into one category, broken, needy, and vulnerable. That's who Jesus served. So who should we serve? The takeaway from this text is that Every single person needs something. The question that I have for you and for me is, 
Are we looking for that? Are we looking for what they need? Let's start with our fellow believers. They've accepted Christ as their savior, but does that mean that they, they don't need someone to come alongside them and care for them? Look at Jesus' own disciples. They were a mess and needed so much help, redirection, and guidance. And then just look, look around you. There are men in here who love Christ, but they're dying from loneliness because they just don't have a friend or someone who they can trust and who will care for them. There's other guys in here who don't have a dad or have lost a dad, and they need someone to walk alongside them and help them as they navigate their way through life. They just need someone to help them find their way. Then you look outside of here, and there's there's women and there's families in our congregation who don't have a man in their house anymore. And their houses are literally falling apart. There's so many needs, big and small, right here in our body of believers. Now let's think about serving non-believers. What does Jesus say? Um, he says this. In Matthew 28, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You know, when I look out at this group of guys, even the guys who haven't studied the Bible a lot, you, you know what this means. You know the weight of this command. You know that we need to go out and serve and seek the salvation of the people who don't know Jesus. And because you know that, I'm, I'm not going to linger on this point. I know you know that. It is critical. We have to do that. And I'm, I'm not going to linger there because there was something in John 13 that, that caught my attention. And it's really cool because it, it ties these two groups together, believers and non-believers. It ties them together in relation to how we love and serve them. Jesus said this. He says in, in John 13, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. And he's talking about believers. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And then he says this. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So let me, let me connect this thought a little bit more with an example. In the context of a family unit, what is the best way for kids to learn how, what healthy love looks like and how to trust someone? It's through watching their parents love serve and be faithful to one another. When parents don't love or trust each other, children struggle to believe or understand that love and trust are good or even real. But when marriage is strong, it becomes much easier for kids to believe that those are an actual possibility. That is, that's the picture here. When we diligently love, help, and serve our fellow believers, that is the place in which non-believers in your life may start to, th to think, wow, maybe all Christians aren't total hypocrites. They really are caring for each other. That's what a Christian looks like. So we reach for the lost we do. We reach for the lost. And the foundation is to, to, to start upon is letting your love and service towards your Christian brothers be, let that be the proof that validates that you are different from the world. 
That's the point. Love each other. Serve your brothers. What in your heart, what in your heart or in your perspective needs to change so that you can start seeing everyone around you as what they are, broken, vulnerable, and in need of someone to serve them? The final two questions, how does Jesus serve and then how should we? How does Jesus serve? Number one is, is with humility. Thinking back again to when I worked at Packmore, I was intentional to try to not treat, treat people like I owned the place. But newsflash, we did own the place. <laughs> and so I did. I, I, I truly, I, I actually had the right to, to walk in and tell people this is how I want it done and I expect it done. I, I had that right. That's Jesus on planet Earth. Newsflash, he owns the place. And yet, what does Jesus do? He takes off his cloak. He grabs a towel and he gets on his hands and knees and he washes the filthy, stinky feet of these men. Though he was entirely entitled to be served and to never do anything unbecoming of him. He denied that right. And Jesus, Jesus served humbly. Jesus also served with their needs in mind. When he washed their feet, what was he doing? Their feet were filthy. They needed to be washed. Jesus met their need. Their feet were dirty. He washed their feet. He met their need. What else was he doing? After three years of walking with Jesus, the disciples, you see them here, they're still, they're still confused. Jesus saw lost men, and he was helping them to see the way. He knew what they needed, and he served them with their needs in mind. Jesus also served with generosity of time, energy, emotion, and status. In time, we when you look at Jesus and you watch, watch him work, there's so many times when you see him going a certain way and then something pulls him off to the side and he just stops. And he says, I'm gonna do that. And it's time doesn't matter. He does what's before him. He gives of his time. He, gives, he serves and gives his energy generously. He walked for miles and miles with disciples to share his message with them and with other people. In terms of emotion, he generously weeps with Mary over the death of her bro brother Lazarus. And then in terms of status, he works with the servants at the wedding in Cana. He cares for the Samaritan woman, and he washes the filthy feet of the 12 confused men. Jesus was generous with every resource that he had. And finally, how else did Jesus serve? Jesus served with the intent of making God known. Everything he did from the very beginning was done so that God's glory would be seen and explicitly known. Jesus did not come to earth to make life comfortable and to fix the ailments of the world. He served us by conquering death and sin and doing everything in his power to bring us into a relationship with him. He served to make God known. So the question then is, how should we serve? I hope as you guys are, are listening to me say these things that you don't think that I think that serving people is easy. Serving people is so hard and messy and gritty. 
Just look back at Jesus and the disciples and the attacks, the abuse, the rejection that they faced as they were trying to help people. So with that expectation in our minds, what should be our aim in how we serve? <laughs> the same as Jesus, humbly. You know, when we've done some projects for, for homework, we've gone and helped out at a few houses and fixed a few things. And truthfully, I've, I've caught myself becoming cynical in those, in those moments. Um, I'm asking myself, what am I, what, why am I doing this? This house is just gonna be a, a mess as soon as, as soon as we leave here. And are they even gonna appreciate this? And then we look back at Jesus. He washed the feet of the very man who he knew was going to walk out the door and betray him. We must fight to keep a humble spirit while we serve. The second way that we should also serve is with the other person's needs in mind. When I first moved to Indy, I got involved in a ministry serving uh, junior high boys, which is exciting. And uh, as I look back, I, that comment actually informs what I'm about to say. Uh, I, I realized that I, I didn't sign up for those kids. I realized that I signed up because I, I wanted to feel like I was serving. And how do I know that? Because I never really asked myself or God, what do these young men need? Never asked the question, never crossed my mind. Serving like Christ means looking for the needs of the person and working with their good in mind, not ours. We should also serve with a generosity of resources. There have been times recently when I've received a call from guys in Heart of a Man. They're like, hey man, I really need help with this. Can you drop everything you're doing and come help me out? And I'm like, believe it or not, I'm like, yeah man, let's do it. And I jump in my truck and I go over there and I help out and it's really good and I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And then, and then my wife texts me. And she's like, hey, uh, I know you're working right now, but uh, the girls have been really a lot of work today. And we're just hoping that maybe you could come home and give me a hand. And, uh, and how do I respond? Hopefully it's going, going to help. But truthfully, internally, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Don't you know I'm working? I've got this lecture to work on. I'm too tired too. And I'm doing God's work. I hate to say that those are my real thoughts that I've had. But Jesus never says, I'm too busy, I'm too tired, I'm too stressed, or I'm too good to help. When someone has a need, he's generous with his time, his energy, his emotion, and his status. And we ought to aspire to serve the same way. And finally, we also should serve with the intent of making God known. I'll say what I said before, you guys. Jesus didn't come to alleviate poverty, heal ailments, or fix social issues. It's not why he came. He served a lot of people, but he did that so that through those acts, all would be able to see how glorious, powerful, and loving he is so that we would turn to him and spend eternity where there is no brokenness and there is nothing to fix. That, that is the goal. That is the goal. What needs to change in your heart so that you can serve others humbly, generously, with their needs in mind, 
and intent on bringing them what they need most, which is Jesus. In conclusion, after washing the disciples' feet and explaining why he did, Jesus said, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So what can you do this week? Here's a few ideas. Get coffee with a guy from Heart of a Man and ask him intentional questions. With a humble and tender heart, help your wife with the kids when she's struggling. Get engaged with homework and serve the hurting families in our community by fixing their homes. Volunteer in your church's children's ministry and be a blessing to the kids and parents of your church. And this is a stretch goal for you. Commit to helping a specific person who is in need and walk alongside them for an entire year. Jesus said, I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this time and thank you for these men. Lord, uh, I am uh, grateful for this message. Lord, I've needed it so much to see how I could serve in my home, to see how I could serve the men here better, to consider what it really means to serve and why, why am I doing it? That's real for me, Lord. I pray that these guys would feel that in their hearts, that something would go away with them and they would change and their wives and their coworkers would see like, man, something's different in that dude. He keeps asking me what I need. He keeps asking me what I need. And, um, and that we would meet those needs and we'd be present for those people, Lord, and we would love them. We'd show them who you are and we'd tell them who you are. We wouldn't just leave it by our actions, Lord. They would know it because we've told them this is why I'm serving you and I love you and I'm here. I'm committed. Help us to not be afraid to commit, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.